I want us to think today about your best friend. You got a best friend? Someone that you know, someone that you love, someone that you love to spend time with. They love to spend time with you. Isn't that a special thing? To be able to surround yourself with people that you care about and that care about you. You know, for the most part, most people in the world don't care anything about me. Most people in the world don't care anything about you. They just want you to get out of their way. Isn't that true? If you don't think that's true, go ahead and drive 45 miles an hour on perimeter and see, and see what the reaction is. Get out of my way. Stand in line at Walmart. You know, walk, walk around the mall. Most people, they're just busy going about their, their, their business. They'll stop if, if they need something from you or you need something for them or they, they owe you something. But, but the idea of genuine care, it's kind of lost in our world today. But then there are your friends. Then there are your friends. We were walking around Sam's yesterday morning. You know, jockeying for position with the carts. And I mean, I was thinking, why? what am I doing here, right? You, you guys have done that, right? And people can be pretty aggressive in Sam's, in the parking lot and with those big old carts, right? It's not just me being aggressive in there. And then all of a sudden, I saw Donnie and Donna. This kind of made me feel good, right? Like there's somebody I know. You're driving down the road, and there's all these people, and they're zooming, and you're zooming, and then all of a sudden, you just, ca- you, you just, you just catch a glimpse. Hey, there's Thomas Robinson in the car r- r- right beside me. That kind of makes you feel good. Why? Those, those are my friends. Those are people that they love me, and I love them. We care about each other. We want to help each other. Our lives are, are in some, many ways, intertwined, and that's a beautiful thing. That's what God wants us to have, not just with each other as a fellowship, but here's the really cool thing. God wants us to have that with Him. To understand that Jesus is our friend. Now, how can you be friends with the Creator of all the universe? How can you be friends with with, with the Savior of all of mankind. That's a, that's, a, that's a pretty tall order, isn't it? But I'm telling you that you ought to be impressed because that's exactly what Jesus says He wants to be to us. There in Romans chapter 15. I'm going to get up here where I get my remote. But in, 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 Romans, in Romans chapter 15 and verse 15, listen to what Jesus says. Jesus says, there it is. Jesus says, No longer do I call you servants. No longer do I call you servants. Our relationship with Jesus is is designed to go deeper than just Him telling us what to do and us doing it. Now, it's not less than that. He's still the Lord of all all the world. but, But it's designed to be so much more than that. I'm not just looking at you and saying, you are my servants or you are, you, you are my slaves. For, for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. Jesus isn't looking for this relationship where, where, we, just, where we are completely blind to, to his intentions. But I have called you friends. For all things that I, that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. 
Jesus is saying, I want to be your friend. Not to take that in some sort of abusive way or somewhere that Jesus didn't mean to take it, but take it where he did mean for it to go. I want us to have that intimate relationship where I share my business. One translation, I think that's exactly the way that it said. For I have shared my business or something like that. I have shared my intent and my direction and my will. I want you to have that. I, I'm, my design is not for you to be wondering what I think about you or wondering what sort of relationship we have or just always to say, to say whatever you say. I want to be your friend. The prophet Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 9, this is one of those themes throughout the whole Bible, but Jeremiah says, let him who glories glory in this. Anybody proud about something? You guys have things that we're, we're all proud of stuff, right? Y'all see Shirley's grandbaby Sunday night, right? You guys got grandbabies? Donna, you got grandchildren, right? It'll show, it'll show you pictures if you want to see them. We're, we're, we're proud of those things. Anybody got a new job? You get a promotion? Hey, you want, you want to... Hey, we, we, had, we won a football game Friday night. Anybody want to talk to me about that? I'll meet you in the back. We can talk after church. I mean, I got, we got lots of stuff that we're, we're proud about, right? We're excited about, but, but, but the prophet says, okay, but beyond all those things, all those are good things. Let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me. If you're going to be proud of anything, Hey, be proud of the fact that you know God. Be proud of the fact that, that there is a God who knows you and who loves you. Paul would say it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 31. He who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Are we proud that we know the Lord? Are we proud that He is our friend? You ever find yourself in those conversations and, and someone, someone's bringing something up about something going on and you're like, you know what, I just so happen to know the guy that, that you can talk to. I'm actually friends with him. I've actually got his number in my phone. You ever have those, those situations? I know someone who has all the answers. Listen, Jesus is my friend. Jesus is my friend. That's, that's what he's trying to tell us. That the creator of all the universe is actively looking out for you. He's actively sacrificing for you. You, you think about places like Philippians chapter 2 where, where he speaks of Jesus having, well, he speaks of Jesus and tells us to have the same mind that he had. Where he thinks more of us than he thinks of himself. Why would Jesus care more about what you need than what He wants? Does that make any sense? Does it make any sense for the God, the Creator of all the universe, to care more about what He, to care more about what about what you want than what He wants? But He does. That's why He left heaven and He came to earth, because He valued what what you need more than what He wants. That's why He went to the cross. Jesus didn't go to the cross couldn't wait to die on the cross. It wasn't some kind of masochistic individual. 
He pleaded with his own father about the cross, but he went. He went because what you need is more important than what he wants. Jesus is our friend. That's what he's trying to say here. I want you to understand the depth and the intimacy of this relationship, this friendship. It is to impact our lives and the way that we deal with each other. Go back a few verses there in John 15. He's, he's, got, he's got really, I started at the end, but he's really leading up to this. Jesus says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. So, so I guess the first thing that we need to think about is we need to think about the love that God has for us. Jesus says that our relationships, our relationships with each other are a mere reflection of the, of the relationship that we have with God. Do you ever wonder if one of the reasons that people struggle to get along in the church is because they don't really understand the way that Jesus loves them? If you do, it'll impact the way that you treat each other. As the Father loved me. You know John 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world. I love to stress on that word so there. It'd be a true statement to say God loved the world. But He so loved the world. He gave His only begotten Son. He gave up His Son. Why? For you. For you. For you. For you. Is it because you're worthy? No. It's because He loves you. It's because He loves you. It's because He is your friend. He cares about you and He's shown that. And Jesus is saying, that same love, that same love, I expect you to show it to one another. I expect you to give grace just as it has been given to you. Some people are terrible at showing grace to others, and it's because they don't really understand the grace that's been shown to them. There in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul would say it this way, But our God, who is rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, we live in a world where people many times feel very alone. I think that's always been the case. But I think one of the repercussions of, of these last 18 months of COVID that we've dealt with, and however you've dealt with that, is that it has, it has made people become more and more and more isolated. Have you felt that? Now that's a bad thing. But one of the good things is, the more isolated you become, the more you hunger and thirst for connection. You hunger and thirst for, for your friends. You hunger and thirst for, for people. I was, I was talking with uh, Rob Whitaker about some of the door knocking that, that went on over a month ago and, and some of the, the successes that were there. And one of the things he was, he was kind of theorizing, I thought this was really interesting, was that, that people are more open even to those cold contacts than they've ever been before. 
Because a lot of the natural, even the superficial relationships, they've just kind of gone away in our lives. And so people feel very alone. God loves us. We have a message for a world that is wondering, does anybody care? Does anybody care about what's going on in my life? Does anybody care about what's going on in my family? Does anybody care about my sickness or my finances or this thing that I call? And the answer is yes. Let me tell you about someone who cares. Because of the great love with which he loved us, not because you deserved it. Don't don't walk down this road. And And this is the great thing about real friends. Jesus doesn't love us because we're so great. Isn't it easy to fall into that crap? Are there some people that it's just easy to love? Isn't it? Some people are easier to love than others. Right? I'm not the only one. I'm just on the flip side. Some people are a little bit harder to love than others. They kind, of, they kind of make it difficult. But he says, I want you to understand, God didn't look down and say, and say you know what? Man, I just love Miss Ish. I mean, I, I, I just, she is so nice. I've never, I've never heard her say a harsh word to anybody in my entire life. N- never heard it. Always looking to serve, always looking to help. Front and center on Sunday morning. Kind of hard not to love, so I think I'll love her. That's, that's, not why, that's not why Jesus loves you, Miss Ish. And she's glad for that. She's glad for that. We ought to be glad for that. He loved us even when we were dead in trespasses. He made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you have been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I love Ephesians chapter 2 and what he's trying to say. I want you to understand how God loves you. That's that's the type of friend we want, isn't it? I don't just want a friend who loves me when I'm easy to love. I don't just want a friend who loves me when when, when I'm doing exactly what, what they want me to do. That's not much of a friend, is it? I want a friend. I want a friend who loves me even when I'm not very lovable. And I have those moments every once in a while. So do you. We won't talk too much about them. But I, I, want, him to, I want a friend that loves me anyways. That's the type of friend that Jesus is. That's the type of friend that we are called to be as his children. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy May be, may be full. Why do you do what you do? Why does Jesus do what he does? Love. Love. Why do you do what you do for your children? Don't you sacrifice? Michelle was talking to Santiago Friday night about he was doing this for this child, and this for this child, and this for this child. Uh, we, we both decided he, I mean, then it needs to be like a fa- on Father's Day, it better be a good present, Right? Grady, you listening? Right? On Father's Day, it better be. I mean, your dad, he deserves a good prayer. Do you know why he does what he does? Because he has to? No. No. Not because he has to. doesn't have to. You know why he does it? Your mama knows. You know, Grady? He said, I wish you quit talking to me. Right? It's because he loves you. That's it. I look at the floor, but it's it's still the truth. Right? That's why parents do what they do. That's why they do what they do, because they love you. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you. You know what makes me happy? You can do something for me, that's great. 
and you do something for my kids, that's even better. That's my, that's my pride and my joy, right? That, that's what the Lord's saying about us. These things I've spoken that my joy may remain in you and, and that your joy may be full. I want, I want you to be blessed in this way. So this is my commandment, not this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. He's going to say the same thing in John 13 and verse 35, right? For by this all know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Okay, so I like this idea of talking about how much God loves me, but, but he, he's, going to bring it, he's going to bring it back home, and he says, but I want you to love one another just as I have loved you. That's a little bit harder, isn't it? Because we look around this room, there's some different people in this room. There's different personalities, there's different backgrounds, there's different social statuses. There's different this, there's different that. All those things that in our world cause separation, division. And, and they come together in this thing that we call the church, the body of Christ. That can be a challenge. But it's a challenge that it's worth answering. It's worth answering to love one another. That's what Jesus says He wants you to do. What is your commandment? You ever leave commandments? You ever leave the house? You leave, a, you leave a little note, get these things done, right? What's the one thing you better get done? You better get that thing done. This is my commandment to do what? I'm going to give you one command today, right? Are you ready? You ready for this one? Dale, you ready? One thing I'm going to command you to do. God's going to command you to do. I want you to love people today the same way that Jesus loved you. You see to it. You see to it. I always think about, I always love, love the language over there in, in Ephesians chapter 5, where, he, where Paul says uh, to, to the wives, you see to it that you, that, that you respect your husbands. Like that, that's my mission for today. All the things I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to do these things. Because greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Now, Jesus hasn't died yet when he says this, has he? But, but do you think that these are words that would have rung in the disciples' ears as he died? Or when he was resurrected? I love things like this in the life of Jesus. That, that's, that they're, they're like these, these passing comments. But after time passes, they have such meaning. You probably have experiences like that with different people in your life. I'm not just talking about love. I'm not just talking about the fact that I'm your friend. You ever have people talk about how much they love you and, and what great friends you are, but they never do anything to, to actually show that? You ever have that happen? I used to have a, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of struggles with the idea of friendship and a lot of friends who, you know, every time it was time to travel, they were always ready for me to travel, right? Every time it was time to do something, they were always ready for me to do something. I was like, I don't mind doing some stuff, but... It'd be kind of nice if you'd come to me every once in a while, right? It'd be, it'd be kind of nice if you, if you would sacrifice for me. Now, now whether they did or not, I, that's immaterial. I'm just saying the way that we feel about these things. That, that's not the type of friendship we're talking about. We're talking about a friend who takes this 
How far does he take it? All the way to the cross. How far should we take our love and friendship and sacrifice for each other? All the way to the cross. That's Philippians 2. He became obedient to the point of death. You'd think that'd be enough, wouldn't you? That's not where he stops. He became obedient to the point of death. Even death on a cross. Paul would echo these words in Romans chapter 5. When we were without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. You know, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans shows the ultimate love, the ultimate love of God for sinners. Well, Jesus in John chapter 15 is talking specifically about friends and about what it means to be a friend. We are loved with the greatest love. I need to be reassured of that. I need to embrace that. When I feel all alone, I need to know that I'm never alone. When I feel like nobody cares, I need to know that someone cares. When I feel like no one's ever done anything for me, I need to know that someone's done everything for me. Because this, this, this is the type of friendship that will change our life. Verse 14, Jesus says, You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. It almost seems kind of heavy-handed, right? I mean, if... You know, if somebody were to, were to come up and, you know, Leverett, he's got away with words sometimes. And he says, he says, Wes, as long as you do everything I tell you to do, we'll be good friends. I'm going to say, I probably don't need a friend like that. Is that what Jesus is saying here? You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Well, the friendship that we have with Jesus is different than the friendship that we have with men because he's more than a man. He's sovereign. He's divine. He's God in the flesh. We, we, we don't come into this relationship as equals. Now, now I'm friends with Daniel over there, but, but, but we're, we come as equals. We both come as men, right? But, but Jesus comes as God. And no matter how close we are, no matter how much He sacrifices for me, more than I've ever sacrificed for Him, He's still God. He's still the great I am. And we have to acknowledge that. And that's good news. See, because, because the things that He's asking of us are not selfish things. He's not asking us to do things just because He wants us to do things or just because He wants to have His way. You remember what Jesus said when He talked about, he talked about evil fathers who know how to give good gifts to their children? I mean, if you being evil know how to do that, then how much more do you think the Lord is able to do that? When He tells us to do something, it's for our own good. We, we tend to follow the flesh. There is a way that seemeth right to a man, but it is a way that leads to destruction. See, we, we tend to think, well, I'm just doing what I think is the best thing to do. Well, if you always do what you think is the best thing to do, and, that, and that's your, like, your, your, your judgment of how you're going to live your life, um, you're going to be destroyed. Because that's, that's the way that flesh works. 
Jesus says, no, no, no. I want to help you. I want to help you. It's that same realization. You remember when you used to think that your parents were trying to, rule your, were trying to ruin your life? I won't share any stories because my mama's here this morning, right? But there comes that point when you begin to realize, huh, they weren't really trying to ruin my life. They were trying to help me. They were trying to keep me from ruining my life. That's our friendship with Jesus. That's why he says these things. Not as a condition of friendship. We've already said he loves us even while we're sinners. He loves us while we spit in his face. He loves us while we put him on the cross. It's not a condition of friendship or a condition of the way that Jesus feels about us. But it is a reflection of our friendship. Don't say that he's truly our friend if we don't listen to him. If we don't do what he commands us to do. No longer do I call you servants. A servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. Brethren, there is no friend like Jesus. If you're here this morning and someone invited you to be here this morning, do you know why they invite you to be here? Because they love you. Because they care about you. Because they want good things for you. I want you to know that. I want you to know that about your friends, and I want you to know it about the greatest friend who has given us everything that we need. Everything that we need to dwell with the Lord, He has made known to us by faith. So what I do know about every one of us here is that we all have a sin problem. Jesus knows that too. Your best friend knows that too. Isn't that thing about really good friends? What we say, they know where all the bodies are buried, right? They got all the good stories. Well, our greatest friend knows all, the, knows all the stories, too, even those that aren't so good. But he loves us anyways. And he says, I want you to come to me. I want you to come to me and bring your sins to me. Every part of this friendship is designed to help us know and to show his love. Can I tell you in my life there have been people... There have been people that didn't want to be my friends. You ever have that, that feeling? Try to talk to somebody, they don't really want to talk to you. Maybe they're too busy. Maybe they're too cool. Maybe they're too this or they're, or they're too that. But, but they make it clear, we've got our little thing over here, and we really don't want you in it. Sometimes that's intentional, sometimes it's unintentional. But, but I've gotten the message in my lifetime on multiple occasions fairly clearly. That's not the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus is whosoever wills can come to him. He dies for all. He invites all. From the best of us to the worst of us. He he sheds his blood so that we might be a family. And so that we might live knowing that he is our greatest friend. And we might live as a part of his body, knowing that we have many friends who are greater than a friend.
They are brothers and sisters in Christ. Friends, if you're not a part of that body, let me invite you this morning to be born again. Let me invite you to have your sins washed away, to humble your knee and to be immersed into that watery grave for the remission of your sins. If sin is keeping you from responding to His invitation, let me just tell you that He already knows about your sin. And He says, come to me. Come to repent, and I'm telling you what the answer is going to be. You think I can't be forgiven? You think we can't overcome? No, the answer is yes, every single time. Come to know the greatest friend of all, Jesus the Christ, as we stand and as we sing.